I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. No voy a dimitir. 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 Welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our Monday free pod recapping the weekend's action. But before we do begin, we have to update you on the latest in the, the scandal that is Luis Rubiales and the fallout from the Women's World Cup final win. Roman Darker joins me here today. We'll get his thoughts in just a moment, but it's worth recapping since uh, we last spoke to you. If you're paid subscribers, you will have heard a podcast in midweek where Rory and myself talked at quite length, quite great length about Rubiales and the state of affairs in the Spanish Football Federation. We are all angered that the image of Spanish football has been dragged through the mud by Rubiales and the, the heads of the RFEF in the last few days. It's it's made global news across the world, UK, US, everywhere is talking about it and obviously not in good terms. We've had the, the whole world of women's football come out in support of Jenny Hermoso and we'd like to reiterate our support for her. We are with you. Uh, so yeah, since, since our last podcast, since our last articles, Rubiales refused to resign. Um, at that extraordinary general meeting on Friday. Then uh, Jenny Hermoso and the women, I think up to 81 signatories of a FootPro statement, came out and said the kiss was not consensual and uh, Rubiales has acted inappropriately and this, this must he must go. Then we had FIFA finally act and provisionally suspend him pending an investigation. And then, a bit like rats, fleeing a sinking ship, Luis de la Fuente and then Jorge Bilda, the coaches of the men's and women's national teams, of course, who were seen applauding Rubiales' statements on Friday. They brought out statements themselves condemning the actions as inappropriate and saying that uh, things should improve, of course, but um, very, very few believe their words are very sincere there. In the meantime, as well, Jorge Bilda's coaching staff, his cuerpo técnico, all resigned to, in effect leaving him alone in charge of the women's team. So he has no coaching staff and he has no players. So as we stand right now, the women's team is essentially Jorge Villa. So make of that what you will. Um, more will come from this story, of course, but we just want to keep you up to date on that, especially for those uh, who haven't upgraded and, and we encourage you please to do so. You'll get access to all of our content there on Substack. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the coming days and weeks. Uh, the FIFA investigation probably will take some time. But I think the message is clear from all of all of Spanish football lovers. Se acabó. 
Roman, your thoughts on the matter? You, of course, live in Spain and, and are much closer to the reaction than, than myself. It's It's been a pretty dark few days from my perspective. How's it been for you? Yeah, pretty much um, the same. I mean, it's, it's all people talk about in relation to sports, we could say. Uh, I was glad at least we had an, a fun match day, especially this Sunday. I mean, I enjoyed the games and I kind of forgot about all this topic for a while, which was good because it's been, you know, they've been bombarding us with, with all the information coming out uh, non-stop regarding Rubial, regarding Jenny, etc. And it's obviously a very, very delicate topic. Um, we all know that here Rubiales has done wrong. You mean, you know, he he made a big mistake uh, kissing Jenny in the first place, being so touchy with the players. I mean, that was very inappropriate to take into account his position and 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 the the yeah the position he occupies you know as, as in charge of the spanish federation and um what he did was wrong i mean we're all aware of that and now he's probably going to lose his job even though he came out with that speech probably made things worse although i can understand in a, in in a sense that he is being attacked by everyone deservedly or not he is being attacked by anyone he kind of feels cornered uh, it happened quite a few times with the Saudi thing, with other uh, topics that come up. They they have been going for uh, Rubiales for a long time. We know that Tebas uh, and, and Rubiales can't stand each other. So obviously there's always pressures from one side and, and another. So, I mean, that I think caused him to, to come out with this speech, which wasn't appropriate, you know. What he had to do was to say sorry. He, he messed up big time, you know. And, and um, it could be maybe it was part of of the celebration he was just so happy so excited he didn't really think it through too much because i mean a person in his position usually should be smart enough to avoid these things but you know the heat of the moment he made a really bad mistake and he just should have admitted it without saying anything else you know because the first apology he gave previous to that was was pretty poor like saying that um you know here in the federation everyone thought it was fine but i guess that if people outside think it's wrong then it must be wrong so i mean that was really stupid and then he made things worse so in the end rubiales really is messed up he's gonna lose his job i mean i don't see it happening in a different way he can't continue any any, any longer because the players uh, the female female women players don't want him there they're not gonna play for the national team and it's one thing to lose 15 players it's another th thing to lose 80 players for the national squad and and all the support he's having from everyone. So, I mean, in that sense, uh, it's practically over. Even though he's tried to cling on right to the very end, we'll see what the sanctions are. As I said, very complicated case. Uh, it's been ongoing for the last uh, days, and it's going to keep on going because there's still uh, a lot to see um, from perspective, you know, of, of what is the future for the Spanish Federation. And as you said, Bilda, uh, De La Fuente, all these who supported him, who are clapping now, they are rejecting what he said, which is pretty much pointless. We'll have to see if they continue, you know, so we could see some very big, big changes uh, in the Spanish Federation. Mm. Yeah, presidency tainted with uh, with scandals and, and misdemeanors. Well, uh, I think you don't all understand that we had to talk about that at the start of the pod, but happily we can now move on to the football. <laughs> <laughs> And what a game we had at the Estadio de la Ceramica on Sunday afternoon. Villarreal 2-0 down against Barca, looking for uh, in for a, a really tough afternoon. But then they came roaring back to go 3-2 up in the start of the second half. But then Barca themselves came back again and took the win, four goals to three. A partidazo, I'm sure, Roman, everyone agreed. Uh, 
such an entertaining game. So many talking points, tactical, personnel. Overall impressions from you, but and also we have to speak about Lamine Yamal, 16 years old, star of the show. Yeah, I mean, we can't not speak about Lamine because he was probably the best player, one of the best players in the match uh, there was because he basically gave that extra attacking breath breath of fresh air that the team needed that maybe Lewandowski wasn't uh, providing as much or or other players so I mean having him on so soon in, in the season or, or at such a young age and actually uh, being such so important is, is pretty crazy you know I mean last time I can remember something like that would actually maybe be looking towards Messi of course I don't want to compare but you do feel like this kid has something very special I mean we've seen a lot of talent here at Barcelona players which succeed and, and don't succeed we've had Ansu's we've had yeah. Messi's etc and it feels like Lamine Yamal has something that others maybe didn't have or maybe just a few of the ones I mentioned had you know so in that sense uh, he should be very important for this team and he could be a future superstar if we take good care of him if no injuries come up if no psychological factors come up etc etc if they take good care of him he will be he will be decisive and going back to the game itself, it was so entertaining to watch. You said Barca went up 2-0, even though Villarreal could have gone up 2-0 themselves mm. before that because they had some really, really good chances at the beginning. Uh, they came out really strong and and really put Barcelona under a lot of pressure. I mean, and it's something that tends to happen in, in games between Villarreal and and um, and Barcelona. They usually are very entertaining games because uh, both teams, both managers, don't really like defending back, closing down. They want to go forward, they want to have the ball, they want to generate um, opportunities in attack. And we saw that uh, both defensive lines were always quite advanced, you know, taking a risk with the offside and, and allowing lots of spaces in the counter-attack, but that's that's how they play and, and, and that favors, of course, uh, entertainment and, and, and goals. And uh, we had plenty of those, some very nice ones. And I mean, I always love watching Barcelona play against uh, Villarreal because I know we're up for for a good uh, spectacle, for sure. I thought we were in front of the 4-4 that we had in 2019, <laughs> but we were on course for the same kind of pattern of scoring as well, 2-0 down and, and then ahead. But yeah, a remarkable game. Um, interesting, a lot of fans were, were not too happy to see the, the fullbacks that Barca started with. And of course, then it was proven because down the sides, Villarreal really did have some joy. But then at the same time, Barca's own wingers had plenty of joy themselves. We've spoken about Lamine. And then the impact from Ferran Torres off the bench. Again, 2-2 two two off the bench last week against Cadiz. And then again today, he looks really plugged in, doesn't he? Yeah, Ferran is, is looking really sharp. Uh, he's been working a lot uh, in this uh, past summer, we could say, preparing physically. Uh, he's always been the, one of the guys, few guys training extra days when there wasn't a session. He would come um, to the facilities and he would be working on himself and trying to improve. And I mean, the mentality is there because he had lost. I think that one of his main factors of not playing well was the psychological factor, I'd say. And I think he'd really felt the pressure of the fans, of people judging him, him not obviously responding how he'd expect or he how he would want to respond. And now finally he's kind of focused. I think he, he was actually going to, to visit a, a psychologist or maybe still is, you know, trying to help him get past his his troubles and, and worries and I think it's it's all really working at the moment he's coming off on the field and he's doing fantastically well you can you can tell he's playing with with so much confidence and honestly I'm, I'm really happy because um, the um, the games where Ferran has played well for Barcelona these last few seasons he's played really well and, and you could see he was 
a perfect fit for a team like Barcelona. But the problem is that he couldn't find that consistency. So mm. having him start like this, it's really good. And, and hopefully uh, he will become a very important player for us this season because we, we need him to also. You know, we of course lost Dembele. Um, we'll have to see how other players respond, like Ansu Fati, for example, who still, you can see he's not back to his best. And we don't really know if he is going to be back to his best or if he's actually going to leave at the end of the summer transfer market. So we'll have to see with that. So uh, it's good to see Ferran at his best. And regarding the fullbacks you were saying, it's true that it wasn't really um, the best pair to have, especially Sergio Roberto. You can tell with a team that likes to attack and is, is so quick with the ball, he was going to suffer and it happened, you know, and, and through, through his side, he was, he was at fault, at least in one of the goals. And Marcos Alonso on the other side, he isn't the young player he was before he didn't have the same pace I maybe would have played him um, more as a centre-back and obviously Balde there but there was some rumours that maybe Balde had some discomfort and couldn't play and that's why he didn't have any minutes so I guess that was one of the reasons but uh, I mean that's also why Xabi wanted to keep Marcos Alonso because there aren't many options at the moment to play in those full-back positions and hopefully Cancelo will be arriving soon because uh, we need reinforcements in those positions. Yeah, indeed. Looks like he will arrive this week. Um, before the game, Laporta saying that there's a salary margin to sign more than one player, so potentially mm -hmm. an extra one somewhere along the lines Who too. Who could it be? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, the, that'll set the debates off all week. Um, Twitter's not not uh, interesting enough, is it, without all that chat? <laughs> but uh, it won't be Ivan Fresneda because he is bound for Sporting Club de Portugal. But I, I think it might be another Joao also, but we'll see. Mm. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> well, we've spoken quite a lot about Barca. We could speak more. Um, you know, potentially Lewandowski's form again. He, might, I know he scored the winning, winning goal here, but that was all Lamine Yamal's work. And then elsewhere, he didn't have a particularly brilliant game. So you know, maybe Ferran forces a, his way into the starting line. We'll see. Decisions for Xavi to make, and of course, Rafinha will be back fairly soon from suspension too. Let's talk then about the other partidasa on Sunday, which was at La Catedral on Sunday night. San Mamés, under the lights, in the rain, athletic club, 2-0 down inside 10 minutes against Real Betis. Isco running the show, bit of magic, fantastic, beautiful goal from him. His first in the league in nearly two years. But then Athletic, out of nowhere, came roaring back, courtesy mainly of, of the Williams brothers, forcing the game back onto Betis. And... Yeah, in the blink of an eye, they, they turned it around by half-time and finished rounding off 4-2 winners. What a game. What a game and, and what an unexpected result also. I mean, uh, so many goals, I think nobody uh, thought that would happen. And especially with a 2-0 up, Betis, you kind of felt like it would be a very tough mountain for, for Athletic Club to climb, I mean, even though they were at home. But surprisingly, they turned things around, as you said, in the first half with those three goals. Two penalties, I guess, and in a way, you have to be a bit lucky there. There was, I think, one of uh, the plays before had a dubious offside but in the end mm. it was given anyway so they they got their goals and I mean you mentioned him Isco for me to see him play at this level is, is, is so good because he's one of my all-time favorite players I have to say I've really loved Isco since his Malaga days when he was so so young and so talented and really led that team uh, with Pellegrini and seeing he has again the confidence of a manager he's playing so good uh, it's it's great to see and Betis really need a player to be at that level to to fight for those European positions, but at the same time, they really bottled it, you know, because 2 nil up after 10-11 minutes, you can't really afford to to let the game escape so easily in the first half, at least it has to be in the 90 minutes, you know, they had to f fight right until the end, whereas Athletic Group didn't have 
as much trouble doing that. Uh, the pace, as you said, of the, of the Williams brothers really um, did a lot of damage. And Athletic Club, in the end, you know, they were pushing harder for, for the goals. They they had their fans behind them, and we know that their backing is always very important. And at the Catedral, many things can happen. And in the end, it, it worked out for them really well. Yeah, they seem to have more intensity and more physicality, especially in that second half. And better seem to, to tire a lot quickly. So that'll be a, quite a concern for... Manuel Pellegrini, I know he's spoken about the need for, for more reinforcements before the window closes. We'll see if he gets any. A word also for uh, Unai Gomez, who came on for Athletic and, and scored his first goal for the club, uh, rounding off the win to make it 4-2. A lovely moment for him there in front of the fans. Um, yeah, so after a poor start for Athletic in the opening game and, and poor performance against Real Madrid, that's now two wins on the bounce. So a bit of encouragement there for Ernesto Valverde. As for Real Madrid, they kicked off the weekend on Friday night in Vigo uh, and they maintained their position on top of the table with a 100% record. But they had to work pretty hard in Vigo. Um, it looked like Celta were going to get that 0-0 draw in their centenary celebration week. It's in the header, it's helped on and past the keeper. And who else was it going to be? Jude Bellingham, three games in a Real Madrid shirt. And he scored in each and every one of them. It's his fourth goal of the campaign. Who else? <laughs> Jude Bellingham, once again, making the difference. He's frighteningly good, isn't he? What an impact he's having. I mean, uh, I honestly would have never expected him to be so decisive already uh, in the start of the season. I, I, we all knew that he was a, he's an extremely talented player. He was going to be... Uh, he's surely going to fit in uh, La Liga and Real Madrid, but to 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 do so well so early, I mean, that was hard to, definitely very hard to predict. And I mean, it's great for Real Madrid to have a player capable of scoring these important goals already and and help them stay at the, at the top of the standings. But at the same time, it worries me a bit that they have to depend so much on Jude uh, so early on in the season because I mean. Mm. He isn't expected to be the goal scorer, I don't think, at least for the team. And I'm not sure if he's going to be able uh, to keep it up. Maybe he does surprise us and he becomes this false number nine or whatever that uh, leads the Pichichi. But um, at first, you'd think that he isn't the man in charge of scoring all the goals. And uh, we've seen that uh, Benitez might be the other person at the moment until they find a number nine. Because Joselo, honestly, I, th I think he will score goals, but I don't see him... Uh, being decisive and he's not even a starter at the moment so yeah, he's not of start. course um, he's not the reference they need he's not the new Karim Benzema so we'll have to see what Madrid decide until uh, the end of the transfer market because honestly um, they definitely have quality and of course they're going to be up there but if they want to uh, fight for this league more comfortably than not then I think they, they should try and find a number nine but at this stage it is true that it's not going to be easy at all so we'll see if Bellingham can really step up all the way if Benitez uh, can come back stronger because he hasn't maybe been as outstanding in these first few games and of course he, he ended the last one injured but uh, we'll see how it goes for them in attack Yeah, a couple of uh, points to come from that game on, on sort of the negative side there as you say, Vinicius injured uh, hamstring the good news for that is that there's only really one game before the international break now so he'll probably only miss that one and then be back after that break and therefore he won't have to go and play for Brazil in the, in the first World Cup qualifiers so in a way, might be a bit of a chance for him to, to get a rest and get properly 100% fit again. And also the the penalty, Rodrigo, he had a penalty in the second half, took it, uh, missed it. It was saved, very good save from Ivan Villar. But uh, Ancelotti was visibly frustrated, wasn't he? he? He didn't want Rodrigo to take the penalty and said after the game that uh, that was that was not in the plan. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, strange, you know. I mean, they should have... Um... 
at least a shooting order, you know, where each player knows who is in charge of taking the pen. I did see the ball in Jose Luz's hands at a point, then it went back to Rodrigo's hands. So uh, the players weren't sure themselves. Usually it does make sense that if there's not like a, a main penalty uh, kicker or shooter, then uh, the guy who, who gets the foul can shoot if he has the confidence. And I understand that Rodrigo wants to step up. I think last season he, he did step up for for a large part of the, of, of that um, of the games and he was showing he, he was very important for them in attack. That's why for me he's earned his, his starting spot this season and and he, he's going to be important for Real Madrid. And of course, I guess he wanted to, to give the goal and, and he was in the end the guy who got the foul, so I can kind of understand that. But um, it's strange that if Ancelotti didn't want him to shoot that he did take mm. it in the end. So, I mean, they have to organize themselves there and, and it also like proves what I was saying before. There isn't a clear reference goal scoring attack like there was with Karim Benzema we all know he would have taken the penalty and there would have been uh, no doubts and there probably would have been a, would have been a goal so now they have to go through these uh, extra troubles and they have to solve it internally they've missed penalties in the last three visits to Vigo interestingly with three different takers against three different goalkeepers so <laughs> just giving it to great stats that's good well that's a Mr Chip stat I must say a Mr Chip stat but, uh, <laughs> I thought it was Mr yeah. Matt alright no <laughs> anyway give it to Jude next time he'll, he'll bang it in um, everything he touches turns to gold <laughs> that'll do us for part one uh, it's been a pretty long part one but we'll, we'll come back after the break we'll round off the rest of the weekend's matches including some more thrilling action from across the Spain join us soon Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. There was more goals and plenty more action across the weekend, including on Sunday. Again, it, 
There was only three goals in this game, but it was a dramatic one. Valencia against Osasuna. Valencia coming into it with six points out of six. Quite surprising they've had such a good start to the season. They were facing an Osasuna side who rotated a lot after their Thursday night um, toll in the Europa Conference League playoff. They they fell to to Club Bruges 2-1 at home. So Yago uh, Barasate rotating the pack, shuffling it up all about. And Osasuna remarkably came away with a win. And the circumstances as well were remarkable, weren't they, Roman? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Osasuna are kind of used to these midweek games, we could say, last season they did fantastically well in the Copa del Rey so they proved that it wasn't really a problem for them and, and hopefully they can keep this up we'll see when the Copa del Rey starts if they are st- still in three competitions how they'll handle that but at the moment uh, with two I'm sure they'll, they're capable of doing pretty well and I mean they're, they're showing us uh, you know how, how good they are how how reliable Osasuna can be you know they're always tough to beat you can never um, give them for, for, for dead or for for done, you know, because uh, in front they had a Valencia who's surprising everybody, as you said, playing really well. I, for me, they were one of the relegation candidates, and at the moment they're proving me wrong. Baraja has really got all the youngsters to, to really trust him, trust the project, and so far so good. And honestly, it felt like Valencia was going to take the win in that game because they got the, the one all uh, result, and then they had three or four pretty good chances, I'd say, to to take it home and, and finish 2-1. But in the end, uh, wonderful Nacho Vidal uh, semi bicycle kick we could say. Viene la tormenta. Vamos a ver. Gol, 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 gol. Gol, 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 gol. De Nacho Vidal. De Nacho Vidal. De Nacho Vidal. Gol. Diosasuna. Gave them a win in the 95th minute, and that's incredible for Osasuna and a bit of disappointment. But Valencia can, you know, leave with their heads up because they also performed well. And honestly, they they at least deserve the point in that match. Yeah, if, if you're looking up that goal, be careful how you Google that because uh, there's, a, there's another Nacho Vidal in Spain <laughs> that uh, you won't want to look up. So, yeah, uh, parental guidance moment there. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, Sevilla, uh, in contrast, they're in all sorts of trouble because they were coming into this weekend on two defeats and unfortunately for them, it became three against Girona. Fantastic performance from Michel's men. Uh, lovely winning goal from Alej Garcia. Uh, but it's the first time ever that Sevilla have lost their opening three La Liga matches and they are the only team left without a single point. Roman, is it going to happen again? Are they going to really struggle to, to to fight to survive this season? Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, it's true, of course, that there's the, the ghost from the past, you know, they might be thinking of what happened last season and, and it's normal because it was really frightening for a moment for for Sevillistas, but I just think they'll get past this, honestly. Uh, we know what Mendilibar was capable of last season. They took him all the way to the Europa League title and he left him in a comfortable position in the standings. We all know that Sevilla still need reinforcements. Some players still have to come in. Mendilibar has uh, already been complaining about how his squad wasn't um, completely, well, completed, we could say, for the start of the season, how many players still had to leave. There were doubts on whether some are going or not, like Bono, for example, and also others have to come in. So. We'll have to see how that ends and once the transfer market is over and we see what squad Sibiakan has and how they're playing, we can judge them a bit better. But I think it's it's a bit soon and it's, it's true that the other game, they were a bit unlucky. Also, that beautiful Rakitic goal, which uh, got cancelled. I mean, that was kind of a doubtful one. There were some moments where you weren't sure 
if they actually deserve more because they were pressing, they were getting good sh opportunities, and honestly, it just felt like the goal was missing. So honestly, Sevilla could have easily taken a draw or a win, even though for me, Girona did really well. I don't want to take mm. away any credit because they were also fantastic, really offensive, had some great opportunities. Savio uh, hit the post. I think it was one of those beautiful uh, runs he made with the ball, and I mean, Girona could, could have also scored quite a few. So defensively, Sevilla do have to do a lot of work, but in offense, they were generating. They had opportunities to just you know, missed, lacked that final goal to at least get a point. But for me, things will get better. I'd still stay calm for now. Mm, I've been speaking of young talent like we did with Laminia Mal. Savino, remarkably impressive for a, for a teenager to come into to Spain on loan from, from Trois, the French club, and looks absolutely electric. And keeping Pablo Torre on the bench, um, yeah, really impressive from him. And also in his post-match interview, he came out and, I don't think his Spanish is too good because he was still speaking Portuguese, but it's so impressive to see him sort of try and, and listen to the questions and, and respond. So, yeah, good for him. Excited to see Girona. Probably mm. one of the, the best teams to watch in Spain, I would argue, yeah, uh, under Michel. Sure. So, really impressive start for them. They're sitting there second in the table um, ahead of... I mean, right away, I kind of could overtake them tomorrow on Monday, but uh, at the moment, Girona up there in second. Uh, a relegation battle, early days, I know, but these two sides... Could well be in the mix uh, come the end of the season. Granada against Mallorca. Uh, Granada got their first win of the season. A 3-2 win. Another five-goal thriller. Murici missed another penalty for Mallorca. Uh, but he was involved in, in their goals. I think, again, speaking of talent, Brian Taragotha is the one to watch for this Granada side. Fantastic goal he scored and just makes things happen, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be important for Granada to, to stay up in... In the first division, avoid relegation. They're going to need his goals. They're going to need his quality in attack. And I mean, this is a very good result for Granada. I, they're another of the teams I had my doubts regarding them, you know, in terms of the relegation battle. We'll see how how long they can last, you know, getting these, these good games. And in front, they had a Mallorca, which I thought would, would do better. I mean, we were looking at their signings in this uh, transfer market, and you thought with, like, Sergi Darder uh, coming in, with Omar Mascare, with Kyle Lauren, etc. Those felt like very good signings, and yeah. they haven't really responded. Well, at least the team as a whole hasn't really responded uh, so far. Of course, it's still, we, were saying, we keep saying this, it's still very soon in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the season. It's just started. A lot of things have to happen. But seeing the good dynamic that Mallorca had last season with uh, their manager and seeing the players they brought in, you would have expected a bit of a better start. At the moment, one draw and two defeats isn't great. We'll see how this uh, evolves. But uh, more is expected for oh, sorry, from Mallorca. Mm, let's see if they kind of settle in as we get through the mm. coming weeks. And maybe the international break will come at a good time for them. Two more games we need to mention from this weekend. Uh, we had a bit of an Andalus derby down in Cadiz, taking on Almeria. Vicente Moreno had never lost against Cadiz and he'd never lost against Sergio Gonzalez's sides, but that was looking to, to change until the 95th minute. When Kaiki stepped up and curled in a beautiful equaliser to break Cadiz hearts. Roman, uh, did you see this game? Any any standout points for you from this? Well, I mean, I, I didn't get to see the game. I, in this case, I only saw the highlights. But uh, from what I saw, uh, Almeria got very lucky. I mean, that game should have been for Cadiz. They didn't make the most of that superiority because the sending off, I mean... 
uh, came quite early in the 50th minute. Silly challenge from from Edgar getting mm. sent off and really putting his team in in quite a tough position. And honestly, it felt like in any moment, um, Cadiz would you know uh, close the game off, score a second. And finish it off, but it was quite the opposite. Kaiki scored, as you said, that lovely goal, uh, thumping it right past the goalkeeper and giving a crucial one point to Almeria because we know that these sides crave points and every single point they can snatch, especially if it's away from home, uh, is super important. So that's uh, a point uh, Almeria might remember at the end of the season. Who knows? Because they could be uh, saving them from relegation. Indeed, very early days, but that did feel like a, a big <laughs> moment already in the season. Uh, Edgar Gonzalez had a bit of a tough start to life at Almeria. He's obviously signed from Betis. He gave away a penalty in the opening game of the season and now he's been sent off in game three. So, yeah, he'll be hoping for a bit of uh, time to settle in as well. And finally, this was the, another Friday night game. It was Las Palmas against Real Sociedad. Uh, looked a very attractive game on paper. Uh, Garcia Pimienta against Imanol. You know, real tactical. Both sides want to, to play good football. Ended 0-0, Roman. Was this a 0-0 that wasn't a great watch or was actually it was a, a really entertaining game but just didn't have any goals? I think it had some, some very good moments and I honestly think it deserved some goals, especially from Las Palmas, who for me were the mm. better side overall. They had some very good opportunities. I think they hit the post at least a couple of times. Uh, they were de- gen- gen- sorry, generating a lot of uh, danger and attack. Surprising, but we know that Sociedad, Real Sociedad are a team that is, is very good at closing down, quite solid defensively. It's hard to get past him and, and for opponents to, to generate, especially, I'd say, weaker opponents such as Las Palmas I mean they're, they're expected to be uh, bottom half of the standings at least at first uh, glance and uh, usually Real Sociedad are quite good at keeping them at bay but uh, Las Palmas you know they, they were daring they played with a lot of confidence they weren't intimidated by, by Real Sociedad at any point and you know they really had uh, some very good chances Jonathan Bieri it's good to see that it's still that fantastic pair that we once enjoyed back in the days here in La Liga with also with Las Palmas uh, Sandro had a Really good game, um, I thought. I'm not a big fan of his, but uh, I have to say he did generate a lot of danger in attack for Las Palmas and he proved to be a very important player for them in that game. And honestly, if if they'd gone with a 1-0, 2-0 result or something like that, I wouldn't have been surprised because I think uh, Pimienta is doing a good job there and we'll have to see what Las Palmas is capable of, but uh, they're on a right track for me at the moment. Yeah, I think both teams, it's kind of... Not really learning too much about either side. I mean, La Real have had three draws. It's kind of like, okay, what are they all about this season? I think they're capable <laughs> yeah. of more, but not really showing it. And for Las Palmas, I get the sense they're going to be really good on the eye, but they haven't quite got that punch in the final third. And if you can't mm-hmm. score goals, it's difficult to win games in the top flight. So we'll see. Hopefully both teams can, can kind of kick on because, as we say, they're very attractive teams to watch. That's the weekend. We have two more games on Monday involving Atletico Madrid, the Rai Vallecano, Alaves, and who's the one I've forgotten, Roman? It is, Rayo, of sorry, course, Atletico against yeah, Getafe Getafe Alaves. Alaves, How can I forget Bordalas? <laughs> we, talked about, we talked about style earlier on Twitter, didn't we? And, and uh, Setien ball against Bordalas ball, and which is more effective, which is more entertaining. We could talk for hours, but anyway. Getafe <laughs> Alaves, Monday evening, and then Monday night, Rai Vallecano against Atletico de Madrid. Uh, Madrid derby there at Vallecas should be a, a raucous atmosphere. Uh, last bit of housekeeping. Again, thank you to those who have already upgraded. Uh, we would love more of you to do so. There's some great content on there, exclusive for upgraded subscribers. So, Roman, your latest piece on the on the site is also up there. What did, do you write about? 
Yeah, it was uh, 15 expressions in Spanish that uh, all La Liga fans should should get to know because I think it's fun sometimes to, to learn some Spanish while enjoying football. And if you ever hear Spanish commentary and you hear these certain expressions or words that are a bit weird when you translate them literally, then you get a you get the meaning from me and I'll help you out. And if they have any more doubts, any more uh, questions, I can always help them with any translations they need, of course. And as you said, please subscribe. Your support is crucial for us. We need you to be there for us. And thank you for being there, of course. Yeah, we'll be here for you all season. This this Monday pod will always be free, but we'd love it if you can upgrade and uh, enjoy all of our content throughout the week with extra articles and extra podcasts. Thank you very much for listening to this pod, and we hope you have a good week, and we hope that the football can continue to do the talking and not the off-pitch stuff. Roman, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the week. Adios. Thank you as always. Bye-bye.